that extraordinary times requires extraordinary leadership. And it's not just leadership in the sense of uh, telling people what to do and how to do it and that sort of thing. No, it's, it's leading ourselves. At this point in time, leadership has never been needed more so. And the greatest leadership is about inspiring yourself because then your inspiration and your level of enthusiasm becomes contagious to other people. You are listening to the Property Developer Podcast, your home for tips, ideas, and inspiration to help take your developing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Justin Getty. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is a special edition of the podcast. I wanted to bring you some conversations that might help you deal with and negotiate your way through this current crisis that is happening across the world with the coronavirus. So I thought I'll bring you some conversations with people who might have some unique ideas and perspectives on how we can all get through this, particularly from a perspective of a property developer. So my first conversation is with past guest Byron Sarkar. So I wanted to get this out to you. So here we go, over to a conversation between me and Byron about how you can lead through adversity. Byron Sarkar, welcome back to the Property Developer Podcast. Thanks, Justin. Great to be here again. It's good to have you back on the show. Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to yeah covering some, some great material today. So today we're going to be talking about how you can respond to the issues that are going on around the coronavirus. And for people who don't know, you've been a past guest on the show. So you've featured in episode 43 and 44. So if people haven't heard those two episodes, they should go back and have a listen but you're basically a, you've got a background in property development, which we've talked about in those two episodes, but you're also a business coach uh, and a very successful one, uh, which we touched on in those conversations. And, and we've been doing some work together as well, actually, which has been really helpful over the past couple of months. And we've, we talked about the idea of, uh, of helping people out and having a conversation around how they can deal with or respond to the issues that are happening at the moment with the virus because there is a lot going on and there is quite a big impact on the property market and for property developers. And I know you've got a lot of really great ideas about what people can be doing right now to get themselves in the best position to be able to deal with what's being put in front of them at the moment. So... Why don't we kick off with you giving us a bit of a background on your business coaching side of yourself so that people can get a bit of an appreciation about why you're in a position to be providing some advice. Yeah, sure. Um, I think, as, as you've said, Justin, there's a load of uncertainty at, at the moment. There's a lot of unknown and there's, there's a lot of fear in the air. There's a lot of unpredictability. So, so today, yeah, to go through a few tips and, and principles and tools to help people to feel a little bit more certain amidst the uncertainty and have more clarity around where they can be directing their focus, their time, their energy, their resources, so that they can not only sort of get through this uh, storm, so to speak, but come out the other side where they're even stronger and more resilient and, and they've been able to grow through it. So my, my background, as you've covered, um, is, is, was in property for, for many years, still is for many years, but also human behavior and performance and psychology, physiology. It's something that, that I've had a, a couple of decades interest in. And, and over the last seven, eight years, I, I started a coaching business 
and that's heavily focused around living deeper rather than sometimes we can attach so much of our identity to for for aspiring entrepreneurs and business owners we can sometimes get lost in the idea of if i'm not achieving then my self-worth is going down and as long as i'm accomplishing and and getting more getting more getting more then we we feel like okay we're doing something useful with our lives and and particularly with the social media and and the the mass media the messages is it's all about materialism and and consumerism and and then for we can kind of fall into that spell where yeah achievement equals self-worth and i i sort of that was my journey for the first 30 years of my life was try and make as much money as possible trying to have the cars have the the home have everything that kind of looked successful but then it reached a point where once i ticked a lot of those boxes it got to a point where it's like uh okay well i've done all the things that i sort of thought should make me feel really successful and, and really sort of satisfied, but but they didn't. There was something missing, um, and that was when I started to question, question, yeah, what what was the difference between kind of having a lot of stuff versus feeling deeply fulfilled? And that's where I had I'd been going on on this long quest of trying to really understand the the source of what what drives and leads to a fulfilling life, rather than just a, a, a life filled with more stuff um so i think in in the current pandemic we're in now it's it's leaving people with a a bit of a pause on just how quickly and how how much they can achieve so we're left to to have this breathing space to to self-reflect and and consider okay well what am i really working towards um what what is it that that I really want to achieve, but but actually, why do I want to achieve it? So we're we're, we're given a, an an opportunity at the moment to to redefine what it is that we're looking to accomplish, why we want to accomplish it, how do we want to accomplish that, how do we do so in the most meaningful manner, and and that's these are the exact same things I've been working with clients over the the last uh, several years is making sure that, okay, what they're aspiring for on the outside is congruent with who they really are on the inside. Because when you get those two two components in harmony, life takes on a whole new meaning. And that's how you find more certainty in the middle of external uncertainty. So the source of our certainty comes from inside of us. And the clearer we are on who we want to be, where we actually want to go, then we become less attached to external situations. Because right now, uh, we're faced with the uncertainty, which could last six months, 12 months. But if we're certain around, well, what are we actually working towards for the next 10 years, for the next 20 years, then we have way more resilience, way more objectivity. Um, so we, we can dive deeper into some, a, a breakdown of, of some key principles to be mindful of. But in terms of... Um, of kind of gone on a little bit of a, a, a tangent, but in terms of my, my background, yeah, it's a mix of studying psychological sciences, counseling, um, performance coaching, business coaching, life coaching, meditation, uh, Reiki, hypnotherapy. I wanted to learn all the different modalities from neuro-linguistic programming, and, and I wanted to synthesize them into something that's quite grounded and practical, because there's a lot of mindset work and a lot of spirituality work which can be a little bit airy and it's like okay how do we take these high level concepts and bring them 
back into to something that we can um, use on a daily basis where we can see tangible results from it. And, and yeah, so, so the, the results clients have been experiencing is, is not only they're growing in their business, but also they're getting way more fulfillment personally uh, in, in their relationships, in their health, because I think that's, that's the ultimate success is when all areas of our life are working in harmony with one another rather than uh, compromising or, or causing detriment to one another. So, so yeah, that's, that's a, a, a brief background, Justin, uh, if, if that sort of answers, answers the, the question about a little bit of my um, experience in, in this field. And also I've got the different experience. I've had retail businesses I've got as well as my property business. So I understand right now, especially that, yeah, the, the, the challenge is real. It's not just a theoretical uh, unknown. It's there, there is some real unknowns, particularly around um, people are stuck in their homes so that there's not as much spending and people are going to be hoarding their, their cash more. Um, because of the uncertainty. So as business owners or business leaders, we need to be really adaptable and we need to be prepared to get to do what's necessary to be able to, to pivot, to pivot our, our business approaches or the systems or the, the way we're serving customers' needs and being able to become um, really flexible in, in how we're going to approach this. Yeah, I think people need to be contemplating that this dilemma or the time frame for responding to corona for the property market is going to be a bit longer than what maybe some pundits or that people think it might be. I think it's not going to be a kind of it's going to be over after winter and then back into spring where back to normal and and the market's just going to go back to, to where it was before this crisis started. So I think people need to take a bit more of a, a medium to longer term view about how they're going to to deal with what's in front of them. So I thought we we would have this conversation about how you can lead through adversity and also get yourself ready uh, to succeed in the medium to longer term. And I know that you've done a presentation that talks about how you can deal with things over that sort of time horizon of around 18 months. So could you Maybe go through what you think people can be doing now to get themselves in the right headspace and also some practical ideas for what people could be doing. Yeah. Yeah, sure, Justin. I, I think the first place that that would be really wise to start, and I, I see this is the most common roadblock a lot of people are, are facing um, who, are, who are feeling really particularly challenged by the situation is, is the, the first principle would be to accept the current reality. Because as long as we're holding on to an idea of the past or wishing things were the way they were and we're living in the past or we're, we're focusing on a future that we wished would be different and therefore we're dreading what could be or what may be or what we wished it would be instead, then it's taking us out of the current reality and the current present. And all we can influence right now is the current reality. So as long as we're having this false expectation for things today to be like they were in the past or to be different in the future, then we are giving away our power. So 
the more we can just accept, okay, this is the current reality and this is what I'm, what the cards are that I've been dealt with and now I've got to put my maximum focus, my time, my energy, my resources on dealing with the present. Because if we try and do what we were doing in the past, that won't work today because the market is shifting. So it's about being adaptable and bringing our attention to going, okay, this is the hand I've been dealt with and now I need to accept this. And as long as I uh, deal with this current situation, then we're putting ourselves in the best position possible to actually influence what the future is going to be. Yeah, because I think you've talked about you, you basically have three choices that you can make now. Yes. You can do nothing. Yes. <laughs> in which case, you're probably going to go backwards over yep. time. Yep. Because you're standing still. Yes. Uh, you can do a little bit, in which case you'll probably just be um, where you are today in 12 months' time or 18 months' time. Yes. Or you can be really proactive and be ahead in 12, 18 months' time and in a position to take advantage of whatever the market conditions might be at some point in the future when things do start to improve. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so doing nothing... And sitting back and becoming a victim of the circumstances is basically, so op, op, choice one, if we ex expand on them a little bit, choice one is, okay, no response to the current situation, doing no thing, nothing. And therefore, we basically become, we move from the driver's seat of our life and we get in the back seat and we go, okay, I'm just going to see what happens externally and whatever occurs there, that will be the determinant of my fate. And it's needless to say that the outcome of that approach over the next sort of 12, 18 months, it's going to be pretty abysmal. Um, we, we're going to just get wiped out by the changes in the market and the uncertainty will come out ahead. Um, so we, we essentially, for us and for the listeners, we don't even want to have that as an option. The second option is, yeah, doing some things. And it's like, okay, we just kind of take mediocre action. We just kind of deal with it and, and we'll, we'll maybe trial a couple of things, but we're not, not, not too proactive, not super reactive. We're just kind of neutral. Well, they'll probably get through, but in the next sort of 12, 18, even beyond that, 24 months, they'll probably be where they are today. So they won't really have grown. They won't really have adapted. They'll just be maybe maintaining somewhat the results that they've been experiencing already. But if anything, because of inflation and because the market is constantly moving and growing and life is moving forward, if in 24 months you're where you are today, you're actually behind. So that's not really an ideal place to be either. And then the third option is to be super proactive, solutions-focused, jump in the driver's seat of, of your lane and adapt and do smart things so that you put yourself in the best possible position that when this wave sort of settles down, you'll come out even stronger so you'll experience a, almost like a spurt of growth when, when the dust settles. So it's, it's staying in the game, staying really focused and really being smart and wise with, okay, where is the best places to focus our time, energy, and resource, resources so that at the end of this uncertainty period, we're really prepared to maximize the opportunities that will be presented? Because there's, there's, 
the, the age-old principles of laws of compensation, the laws of nature, the laws of balance, laws of equilibrium, that we can never have a downside without an, out, uh, without an upside. We can never have uh, peace without some, some sort of war. There's, there's two sides to every coin. You can never have the magnet with a, with a positive side without its n- a negative side. Uh, so it's the same thing. Right now we're going through a down phase, but it will follow by an up phase because everybody who's stopped spending at the moment, everybody who's uh, all the inactivity in the market, you look at the, the shares in the stock market at the moment, it's, it's, it's significantly down, but it will rise back up. So if we are prepared and we put in the legwork right now, and over the next sort of six to 12 months, so that when the market starts to rise again, and if we have foresight to, okay, what is our clients, our customers, our, our target market, what are going to be their needs that are evolving over the next six months, 12 months and beyond? And how do we prepare ourselves to be at the forefront of our industry to be able to meet those needs? Then suddenly we can see this time as a massive opportunity in terms of for planning, preparing, structure, restructuring, um, and and creating the infrastructure necessary to be able to handle the growth spurt that's going to happen when the market does bounce back. So if if we want to uh, bring it a bit more to maybe property, Justin, we could we could do that as well. Um, I'll just just check in how how that's sitting. Yeah, look, it reminds me of uh, we've got this big rosemary bush that's growing outside our kitchen uh, door and I pruned it back really hard a couple of years ago and my wife was shocked that I'd cut it back so hard. She thought I'd killed it. Mm-hmm. I said, no, th- these kind of bushes, and same with roses, they need to be pruned back quite hard every couple of years because it yeah. actually encourages encourages them to grow more. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened with the rosemary bush. Trimmed it back really hard, kind of looked like a you know, woody stalks everywhere. Yeah. Looked like it was dead. But the following spring, the following year, it was so bushy with beautiful green, fresh rosemary stalks uh, and it just looked amazing. And I think that's the same thing that can happen now this period of introflection and um, reflection, that you can look at your business, your property business, and think, where can I prune really hard that's going to have a benefit in the medium to longer term? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because people, people are still going to need homes. People still need places to live. Investors who... Are looking for somewhere to um, park their money or, or, or create an asset, etc. They're still going to need the vehicles of property. That's it's not going to go anywhere. Whether or not the how long the dip lasts for, there's there's going to be opportunities equally then with uh, material supply. So, for example, if the value of property goes down, that will affect the ability for a developer to be able to um, create feasibility with a project. So then there may be opportunities where builders are going to be struggling with work to get work because it's not going to be feasible for developers to hire builders and to go ahead with the project. So then builders will be struggling for work. So then it wouldn't be feasible for suppliers to be still charging top dollar for their products and their supplies because builders can't afford them. So everybody's going to have to adapt and adjust to be able to help work to still keep going. So 
So how we choose to let the market dictate what we do versus us being uh, curious, being willing to explore different opportunities. Maybe it's uh, changing the certain way we, we design or it's, it's um, creating different sort of incentives for buyers, creating different, more flexible finance options that the, the lending institutions come up with so that people still feel. So it's, it's, it's not one person in the industry that's going to make all the difference to the industry. It's everybody needs to pivot and be adjusting. So for example, if, if it's a, a young couple who still want to buy a home, then if the lending institutions are being flexible and offering more, um, more encouraging finance options, then it means it makes it more affordable still for, for people to borrow and therefore to buy. And then that gives developers or, or builders encouragement to know that, okay, there's still going to be a demand because finance is affordable at the moment. So it's, if everybody does their part, then it can create an ecosystem that it can still move forward. Um, well, one benefit of, of all the debt that's going to be coming out of this coronavirus is that interest rates are going to be low for a very, very long time. Mm. So it is going to be cheaper and more affordable for people to be able to take out loans and buy properties. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's also going to be an opportunity where, say, certain business owners who don't adapt and don't pivot to the, the changing market conditions, um, they might find, find themselves, I already know a handful of, of businesses that are having to close down and, and shut their doors. Um, and there's going to come a point where if they don't have the financial means to keep up with their current living expenses and that sort of thing, then maybe they'll be selling off properties. Um, maybe there's other, there's other people who've invested and then they need to cash in on those investments to be able to fund something else. So I think there's going to be deals coming up in the property market over the next six to 12 months. So if, if we're in the category of, of the, the people being super proactive and solution focused and, and really curious and, and, and taking smart action, then we'll be able to look for those deals and find those deals. and and um, explore those opportunities that will be existing that are already starting to um, bear their fruits already. Yes, you can be certain that somewhere in this current environment, uh, the next batch of millionaire ideas or billionaire ideas are, are fermenting. With, with, without a doubt. I mean, as, as I've said for a long time now, that the greatest innovations or the birth of new geniuses or the creation of, of new products or new ideas always spring out of large adversity and big challenge because challenge gives birth to opportunity. It's when, we, when we're doing well and, and everything's rosy and the, the, the ocean's smooth sailing, then people very rarely have the tenacity or the, the desire to really go and get super uncomfortable and take on massive risk. Why would they? Because things are going well. But it's when shit hits the fan or it's when the adversity strikes, we're propelled. It's kind of that the, the fight or flight response. We get to choose. It's like you either evolve which is, or, or you, you die out as a species. And that's the nature of the, 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 when you look at biology and the evolution of, of 
all species throughout time. It's it's the challenge and the adversity that gets springs forth to to new levels of of um, of evolutionary ad- adaptation. So so uh, where, where were we? Well, I think you. I, I think adversity is a good teacher, and so you need to be thinking. Well, what are the lessons that I'm being taught at the moment by whatever situation I find myself in? Yes. Yes. And there's another great saying that you develop good habits in bad times and bad habits in good times. So it's an opportune moment to perhaps uh, do a stop take on what some of those bad habits or good habits might be that you've got in your property developing business. Absolutely. Because that's the other thing, Justin, is that it's easy to think, oh, my my." The, the customers or the clients I deal with are not purchasing at the moment and, and business is slowing down. The thing is, though, that's that may be true temporarily, but there may be other areas of your business that you can still be growing. Maybe you could be restructuring different, creating new systems, uh, getting really clear on what are some gaps in the, the buyer's journey that you could enhance and and have create new touch points for when you do get, get back into the role of business again and, and you're dealing with sales and marketing, what are some new things you could introduce that that make you a cut above the rest? Um, do you have admin to catch up on? Is it all paperwork that needs to be redone? Are there tax returns that are outstanding? Is, could you build a new website? Could you create a new bio? Could you um, restructure some some of your own finances? Could you could you network and build some new relationships with different lenders or different? different builders and, and start to, to network more and, and build relationships so that when things do get back uh, in, in the full, full uh, suite of things, then you're in the front position. Because as, as the old saying goes, that front of mind, you're front of line. So when opportunities do start popping up, if you've been proactive now and you're networking and, and you're in, in front of people or you're doing, you could still be doing ads, ad costs are down at the moment, then when things pick up, you'll still be in, in front of, of the, the competition. Um, I don't really love the word competition because it's, it's, it's a bit of a scarcity mindset to think that we're in competition with other people because there is enough opportunity in the marketplace for everybody. Um, but the, the thing is, this current pandemic is a handicap to everybody who's in, say, the property development industry. It's same with we all have 24 hours in a day. But there are certain people who use those hours really wisely and there's certain people who complain that there's just not enough time in the day. So we're all dealt with this current virus pandemic. We're all potentially handicapped the same way. So it's, it's those who persevere or who are willing, and I'm not saying it's easy because it can, be, it can be damn confronting and it can be challenging and it can be a scary time and there is a lot of legitimate uncertainty, but we get to choose how we respond to it. We get to choose how we respond to the uncertainty. We may, we may not be in control of the uncertainty, but we're totally in control of how we respond to it. So do you think it would be valuable for people to identify and articulate, write down what some of their greatest fears might be? Yes. There, there, are, there, are, man, there are many things that... Um, people could be doing right now. So I think putting pen to paper is a very powerful exercise and it sounds so simple. It sounds almost over simple. But the thing is, 
in times like this, we can get so much going on in our minds and there's so much uh, information or so many thoughts and, and we're sometimes thinking about the past, thinking about the present, thinking about the future. And we therefore can become quite stuck in, okay, what is the best action to take? But if we could get conscious, if we could get really conscious about, okay, what are our fears now? What are our options to dealing with these fears now? And then we identified the best options, execute those options, and then let the rest go until we get the next phase of results. Because what we tend to do is we try and solve steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and we, we're trying to go, oh, but what happens if step eight occurs? Then, oh, how will I deal with that? What do I do? Oh, what if my fund, uh, funder pulls the, pulls the pin? And what if, yeah, what if the builder goes broke? Mid? But the thing is, okay, yeah, that may happen, but that's, that, that, that's like steps eight or nine. Are we even taking, te- st- taking step one, which is, for example, to contact our funder and just check how they're going, let them know that we're still ready to go with the project and, and we're, um, we're still in, in a great position mentally, uh, physically, and, and in, in terms of preparedness for the project that they were going to be funding. Um, what are the most immediate actions we could be taking so that we're solving the problems of today and then we deal with the problems of tomorrow, tomorrow, because those problems may not occur if we're taking the actions today of the things that are highest priority to us. So that's why one of the things that I, I get my clients to work on in, in the current moment is that, okay, normally we like to prepare for 12 months or, or by every quarter you reverse engineer it. But at the moment, it can be as simple as like, okay, what are the things I need to really focus on in these next seven days? What are the most important things just to get done in these next seven days? Because then that gives us really clear, direct focus on what are the things within our control, what are the most effective actions I could be taking that are high priority and going to yield me the best possible results with the given circumstances we've got. And then it's like, cool, then let's see how those go. And then you reevaluate, readjust, and then set new priority tasks for the following week. Because I'm noticing that anything beyond that is causing a bit of stress, a bit of overwhelm and, and increasing the confusion, doubt, or fear because we're trying to solve problems that may not occur, that haven't, haven't uh, even occurred yet. So it's like start with what we know, focus on those elements, and then let it build from there. That puts us in our maximum position of power to go, okay, I'm focusing on the things within my control that I 100% can influence, and I'm, and I'm going to spend less time worrying about the things that are outside of my control at the moment. So would that be identifying the three most important things for someone to focus on today or this week and then for for each of those areas, then identify three action steps that people need to take to address that area? Yeah. Yes. So so there's 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 a couple of ways that this could be done. If we... If we get so caught up in the minor detail, then it can make us lose focus of the bigger picture again. So if if I could just rewind for a moment, I'm a big fan of clarifying and reminding yourself again of what is the bigger picture vision for the next 10 years. Just to bring a bit of perspective of time. So I would say, yes, the, the weekly seven days is, is 
critical. But I would just pause for a moment to say that it's also really powerful to, to just pause and reflect for a moment. Okay, in 2030, where do I want to be? In 2030. So maybe, okay, by then I want to have, yeah, the development's going really well. I want to have great health. I want to be financially secure and free. I want to have, a, have an amazing team around me that's inspired by what I do. I want to have, yeah, great, great relationship with the kids and everyone's healthy, et cetera. Okay, so just reminding ourselves that, okay, cool, we've got 10 years to, to get there. With the current uncertainty, it's going to last six, even 12 months, even 18 months out of 10 years. That's a page within a chapter within our entire life book. So just getting a bit of perspective around time and space. That this is not this phase is not the determinant of our life journey. It's a it's a sub chapter component. So what that does, that just creates a little bit of breathing space with what we're experiencing right now. And then we can now pull our focus and, and our perspective to, okay, so now that I've got a little bit of breathing space, what are the wisest, most effective actions I could take over the next seven days for my business? And it could be, yeah, three to five key things. And it could be, okay, speak with my financer, um, get, get, get uh, my paperwork in order for X project. It could be um, check in with my builder, see how he's doing. Or it could be chase up my, um, the architect for, for, to finish the, the DA application or, or what have you. Thinking what are, the, what are the highest priority action tasks that we could take? Then it's also important though to look at, okay, that's on the business front. But what about the health front? What about our relationships? Because if we, come, if we become so bombarded and, and focused on the business and its potential shortcomings, et cetera, it can, we can start neglecting our health. We're not sleeping as well. We're eating shit foods. So the body's being fueled with rubbish. So therefore, we can feel more tired. Then that can uh, lower the immune system. That makes us more susceptible to illness. And then it can, it can interfere with mental well-being. And then the more stressed we are, then the more we are in our um, reptilian brain where there's more emotional volatility, there's more fear, there's less rational thinking, we're more prone to uh, emotional reactivity. But when we're clear on our vision, we're clear on the highest priority task, that moves us into our forebrain, the executive center, and we're more focused, we're more objective, we're more calm, we're more resilient, and therefore the, we think more rationally. So when we get organized in each category of life, so the business, highest priorities, health, highest priorities, relationships, what does the relationship need right now? Because I'm totally empathetic and understanding that when there's financial uh, uncertainty, that can put a lot of pressure. We put a, puts a lot of pressure on ourselves and therefore we can take it out on our loved ones in the relationships. Therefore, it can create distance between, between uh, two people or within a family dynamic. So creating even uh, objective tasks with what, is a re- what does the relationship need right now to get through this period of uncertainty. And maybe it's a simple thing like, I'm just going to check in with my partner. 
I'm just going to ask them how they're doing. And I'm going to actually be open and, and, and let them know how I could use their support right now. So uh, it could be to your partner, um, honey or baby, uh, with, with all the uncertainty at the moment in the business, um, I really want to spend as much time as possible over this next week trying to prepare and, and pivot and adjust um, planning and, and I need to contact all my networks and that sort of thing. So is it okay? I just want to let you know up front that I, uh, it, it's, it's important that I spend as much time on possible, uh, as much time as possible on, on the, that area. But at the same time, I want you to know that I'm, I'm here to support you. I love you and anything you need from me, let me know. But if we could both give each other a little bit of slack and some breathing space so that we don't have uh, unre- unreasonable expectations on what we're capable of in this moment, then then um, that, that would be amazing. It, how does that sound to you? It, what, what are your needs? What can I do for you through, through this time? So just ha- bringing conscious communication into the equation will help immensely. It's leaving nothing unsaid. It's, you're not relying on mind reading. There's less sensitivity, less reactivity because you address the elephant in the room. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point not to forget about, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's a really good point not to forget about the other areas of your life, particularly your health and if you are in a relationship or you've got family and maybe you're all at home, stuck together more so than usual, just not to forget about that side of your life as well because if one side can spiral out of control while you're just so focused on fixing another area or you're just so focused on the business, you might find that in the medium, longer term, the business survives, but maybe the family doesn't and causes more longer-term issues than what you had originally considered. Exactly, exactly. There's, there's no reason why that uh, amidst the, the financial or the business uncertainty that relationships can't get stronger or that our health can't be improved and we have more time to, particularly when everyone's in, say, lockdown at the moment, there's no reason why for that to finally start doing that half an hour a day of exercise or movement or to start being more in control of what we're eating versus when, when you're a busy businessman, you can be on the go a lot of the times and you're forced to eat takeaway or you're eating uh, quick snacks because you're on the run constantly. Whereas now there's no reason not to be more organized with eating nutritious food. Uh, you can, you're cooking for yourself most of the time because a lot of um, takeout places are, are closed down. So there's a huge opportunity to, excel in relationships health and um mind development at the moment there's more time to read to study to um, seek out assistance from from experts that can help you to to still be growing in the different areas of life and then with the business then there's also time and space to reflect on what are the gaps in the business because i i can i can almost guarantee that there's going to be a lot of gaps that are found at the moment that were there before this situation happened. So this situation now is simply magnifying the gaps in our business. And it's an opportunity to have a look at what these gaps are and to fill them and to work on them. If, if you've got a team and they're all working remotely from home at the moment, well, then it could be, okay, get your team to start writing down what are the systems and processes for each of their roles. And then you could start compiling an, an, an epic uh, owner's manual operating manuals and they could even be filming their tasks i know i know a a fellow coach in the industry who works with uh, salon owners and he's doing amazing things they're all they're all shut down at the moment in in the states 
And they're working on their business. They're working on creating new systems. They're doing even digital Zoom sessions with clients on how they can still dye their hair or how they can still apply makeup and get professional. Um, they're getting tutoring done and all sorts of things. They're still, they're still finding ways to serve their clients. So at the moment, a property developer could be creating blogs and educating, creating a, a simple blog, for example, how to, how to spot a, a great property from a dud or insert more appropriate language to your target market. And then you're, you're just submitting value out to maybe it's time to start building an email list, time to start uh, creating different relationships with different real estate agents. And you can start to feel out who the, who the ones that are cool, calm in this time, who the ones that are not even returning phone calls because they're too stressed. So you can be really building a network list at the moment and a client, a potential client list where you're sending out brochures still, you could be uh, still doing ads to generate interest from prospects and then sending them a, a, a package via the post because there is breathing space at the moment. I had another, another uh, client I was speaking to at the start of the week who works with uh, government and, and the public uh, minds and quarries in surveillance. And he was saying that they're, they're not, um, they're not doing meetings anymore, in-person meetings. So we were talking about how he started to incorporate virtual meetings and virtual tools of the security equipment and that sort of thing. And because council workers have more breathing space, whereas as property developers, you would know, it's hard to get in touch with council workers on the best of days. But at the moment, they've got a bit more breathing space also because they don't have people queuing up to go and get council advice all the time and, and, and having the in-person meetings. So they've got a little bit more breathing space. So now's a good time to start building relationships with them. So, so he's been compiling a list. He's been uh, having virtual meetings. He's been networking and, and building rapport with people so that when the market recovers, he's going to be in uh, the front position to actually be distributing his products and, and, and making sales. So it's, it, there, is, there are opportunities here if we're really, we've got to be hungry though. That's the thing. If, if we're hungry, we'll find the opportunities. If we become a victim of our circumstances, then the circumstances dictate our destiny. But if we become a, a master of our thinking and our planning, then we become the dictator of what our future holds. Yeah, I was watching a, a really good video from another past guest on the show and a mutual friend of ours, Michael, the Mojo Master Johnson. Ah, cool, yeah, yeah. And he, he's, he, it was great. He said, you need to decide what you're committed to. Mm. Like, are you committed to being a victim or to promoting and living by a story that you've come up with in your head that everything's gone to crap because of the coronavirus? Is that, are you committed to that or are you committed to being success, a successful developer over the longer term? In which yeah. case, start looking for what the solutions are. Don't be a victim. Be proactive. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's, that's a good question to ask. Well, what are you committed to? It's wise. It's a wise words and a, and a wise question. And I think a, a, a key distinction also is that it's okay to feel scared. It's okay because sometimes, sometimes um, there can be a misconception where people hear um, thought leaders or they talk about being solution-focused and, and, and you, you have to have the can-do attitude right now and that sort of thing. And it is, it is necessary. It is important. It, it's not discounting, though, that the emotions may be real that a lot of people are experiencing. The uncertainty is real. So if you do have a day where you feel like absolute uh, – can, can we swear on the show, Justin? 
Well, we can now. Or does it get beeped out? Or <laughs> We can now. <laughs> so if you have a day where you just feel like absolute crap and you don't feel energetic, you feel extremely demotivated and you feel really, um, yeah, you're just feeling sad, well, that's okay. That is okay because sometimes the body needs to go through it. It's a release. Because if we don't release these emotions sometimes or we don't allow ourselves to experience them, what happens is the body suppresses them and they get stored in the body. And then that can create dis-ease in the body. And then that can have its flow-on effects. So what we want to do is when we're feeling the emotional turmoil, we want to acknowledge it. We want to sit with it. There's a really simple emotional release technique, which is just to, number one is just accept the emotion. Number two is just to acknowledge where it's come from. Okay, I'm feeling really, feeling really anxious. And it's because, yeah, I, I feel there's a lot of uncertainty because of, yeah, I'm worried about not being able to provide for my family. Okay, so we've accepted it. We've acknowledged it by naming it. Then we want to tune into it and go, okay, what is the feedback it's telling me that I could use to get back in harmony with what I need. Because emotion is literally nothing more than energy in motion. It's only we label it as good or bad. But there is no good or bad emotion. It's us placing a label on it. So anxiousness is not bad. It's just a feeling. It's just an emotion. And it's just coming through us like clouds move through the sky. So if we can accept it, acknowledge what its source is, and then attune to it and go, okay, what, what could I do that's going to help alleviate this? So it could be simply, I'm, I'm going to talk to my family and just check in with them and let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm a bit worried and I'm doing everything I can to, to um, get through this situation. But most of all, I want you to know I love you and, and, and we will get through this. Because the family is not actually concerned about the financial security. The family wants love and knowing that they're all together in this. So our emotions are feedback mechanisms to give us insight into, okay, what, what is it that we actually need right now that we could then act on because then that alleviates the pressure. So I would say don't resist the emotions that are maybe coming up for you. Acknowledge it, sit with it, accept it, and then attune to it by using it as a message to what we need to do next because in every emotion there's a message. Then what we do is we can then decide to go, okay, so I've experienced the emotion. Now I get to decide what I do about it. So that's when we can decide, okay, do I want to keep sitting in this and just letting it rule me? And, and that could extend. For, for some people, it becomes the emotion turns into a mood and a temperament and then eventually their, their personality. Or we could go, okay, so I've just had my day of feeling like crap. And I sat with it and I, and I kind of know now why I was feeling like crap and I've identified some actions I could take. Well, now that is the point where we make a decision and a commitment at that point. Because it's like, okay, now do I want to do things that are going to expand me and propel me? Or do I want to now, because now it's a decision, do I want to decide to do things that are limiting me, contracting me and um, reducing my options? So at any point, we have two thought processes. One is we're focusing on things of possibility, opportunity, expansion, 
love, wisdom, gratitude. Or we have thoughts that are based around fear, scarcity, limitation, uh, detriment, challenge, problem. And whichever source we focus on is going to affect our psychology and physiology. So still being able to even find some gratitude amidst this current situation. That has a physiological and psychological uh, effect on the body. It increases wellness. It lowers blood pressure. It moves us into the forebrain. It helps us balance out emotions because we can't experience uh, perceived negative emotions whilst in a state of gratitude. We can still be, it, it, it enhances our energy. There's a whole, a whole list of benefits if we could just find one or two things to five things each day just to still find some gratitude. Yeah, I think that's a great idea and that's something I do each night when I'm lying in bed, just uh, after I hop into bed, switch out the lights, head on the pillow, close the eyes and just think about the things that happened today that you can be grateful for and it's, it's quite easy to find them once you start looking <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're always there. This is why our, our focus determines so much. Our focus creates our mood. Our mood will follow. So anytime someone's in, a, in an undesirable mood, I could guarantee you it's because they're focusing on something that isn't happening, that they don't have, or that's lacking, or that is a perceived problem. Or, or, or that they uh, per, uh, perceivably don't want, that's going to create a mood that reflects the focus. Whereas when we're focusing on things that we could be proactively doing, things about our partner we're still appreciative of, uh, to, to still be alive right now, to, to, to be present, because so many of um, our, our biggest uh, challenges and worries are future thought. They're not right. So right now, if someone's listening to this, right now you've got access to internet. You're, you're, you've got the time to even be listening to this. So there's a lot you can focus on in the present that's still working for you. So in terms of identifying the emotions, um, another technique that I really like using Byron is, is called the five whys. So okay. you can identify what the issue or concern that you may have is. So it might be cash flow or it might be income, whatever it is, and just ask why five times. So if you're worried about your income, well, why is that? Well, because I won't be able to pay my bills. Okay, well, why is that a problem? Well, because then I'm going to get my services cut off and we won't have any electricity. Okay, why is that a problem? Well, then I'm not going to be able to turn the lights on and have internet and not be able to get work done. Okay, well, why is that an issue? Well, because then I'm not going to be able to get in touch with the people that I think I need to be able to get in touch with. Okay, well, why is that a problem? Well, because then they're going to lose touch with me and they're going to forget about me and then I'm not going to have any business in three months' time. Okay, so that's kind of what the real issue is. You're worried about staying in touch with people. Yeah. So then you can start getting in touch with them, start making phone calls to all the people that you identify as being really important and you'll start to feel better because you're being proactive about dealing with that issue. Yeah, awesome. 
Yeah, you could almost do um like the twenty whys, <laughs> couldn't you? Because when we when we get to the heart of all of the whys, usually there's because that that's part of a, a coaching technique as well. We we sometimes use is that we'll ask um we'll ask a, a a client how is that a problem for you, and then they'll explain, and you get all the way down to the root of it. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time is like I will feel unworthy. I will feel like I'm not enough. And that's a universal fear that everybody experiences in one way or another. That's the, at the heart of most of our fears is like that we still want to feel useful, that our life means something, that we matter to the people that we care about, and that there's, there's a reason for our existence. And that's, that's an understandable fear. When we're aware of that, though, we can then build up the perspective to realize, okay, is, that, is it really true, though, that this current pandemic, no matter how well I get through it or whether I recover in six months or 12 months or it takes me two years, is that really the determinant of how worthy I am and how lovable I am and how attractive it still may make me to the people I love or that I'm... I'm worthy of still achieving really phenomenal success in the different areas of life over the next five years, 10 years, or my lifetime? The answer is no, it's not true that this situation is the determinant of any of those things. But when we can address, say, that core fear, we realize that, yeah, a lot of the pressure we experience in life is we're actually putting it on ourselves. And I know this is getting quite deep now, but it doesn't make it any less true is a lot of the reason people will resist from taking that massive proactivity and the taking responsibility and, and, and really going after solutions and, and to solve the challenges. A lot of the people why people may clam up is because they're just terrified of, of it not succeeding. So it's easy to blame the outside circumstances. Oh, well, it didn't work because the market changed. Or the only reason I didn't succeed was because, oh, the, the pandemic happened. It's like, yeah, that's an easier excuse to live with versus having a full go, being committed, being prepared to do whatever it takes, knowing that no matter what happens, it's not going to determine whether or not I'm worthy, I'm lovable, or I'm deserving of a great life. It's the only reason, Justin, the only reason why people who may have goals or desires and they don't pursue them is deep down a core fear of uh, I'm not enough. It will make me unlovable. But when we, when we can confront that and say, but wait a minute, is that really true? If by having a go, whether or not I succeed, that that determines whether or not I'm worthy. Now we use our, our, our logical mind to say, is that actually true? The answer is no, it's not true. Because no matter what, we're going to be further ahead by having a go and doing whatever it takes to persevere through the challenge and, and try and make the most of the uncertain situation, we're still going to be further ahead than having not tried and just given into circumstances or excuses. Yep. What's the saying? Aim for the stars and maybe you'll hit the moon. Land on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it brings me to another principle I've been sharing with, with clients and, and people lately is that in this, in this current time frame, decide who you want to be. Decide how you want to be remembered during this period. Because we have the power to make a decision. And when we become conscious of the choice we're making, 
that changes things up because when we're not conscious of it, we just let things happen and people remain on autopilot and they just kind of exist day to day and circumstances uh, push them around. But if we make a conscious decision right now and we say, okay, who do I want to be during this period? Do I want to be someone who's, who's perceived as being calm, together, still helpful, having mutual interest of others at, the, at, at heart at the same time as managing my own wellness and success? Uh, do I want to be seen as someone who is still responsible and reliable? Do I want to be someone who was uh, um, inspiring and encouraging and supportive and a leader and a guide to others around me? Do I want to be remembered for those qualities? Or do we want to choose to be, um, let the hysteria take over us, that we panicked, we added stress to people, we became quite selfish, we, we didn't manage um, our, 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 our own state, let alone take care of the, the people around us. If we bring conscious awareness to what qualities do we want to be portrayed for now, that can become our compass and our guide. And we get to choose. The only difference is we're still, no matter what decision we make, we're still making a choice. Just some people are unconscious of it and the autopilot, the zombie mode takes over or you shift into a position of really consciousness and getting in the driver's seat of your life and then you're choosing consciously what qualities you want to be known for, perceived as, and remembered for when this is all well and over. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you have a choice. But it's up to you to decide how you react and how you respond. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to be mindful of that. Absolutely. Because no matter what happens, we may not be able to control what's happening outside of us in the external world. We may not be able to control those things, but we absolutely, 100% of the time, we're in control how we're responding to it. We're in control of how we respond. So the good old formula that it's not the event that equals the outcome, it's the event plus our response equals the overall outcome. There's a lot of great people who have achieved amazing results in life and, and they've come from real hardships or been through real shitstorms, but they've come out in the long run really ahead because they're in control of their responses. Yeah, and I think it's also good to be mindful that success is not a straight line. Like uh-huh. going from where you are today to wherever you perceive or wherever you want to get to, it's not a straight line. It's a very squiggly line that goes up and down. Oh, <laughs> massive. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's... <laughs> Yeah, it flattens out and oh, <laughs> yeah. out to the mean over the longer term. Massive, massively. That's yeah. If we were doing a video now, I'd, I'd do the squiggle to um, show you a diagram that that I often draw for clients. Is that sort of imagine if you have a, a, a piece of a paper in front of you, and at the bottom left corner, uh, you draw a straight line up to the top right corner. So it's like a straight line of, of an ascension. But normally I'll then take a different color pen and I'll squiggle like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down throughout that uh, across the line. So above the line, below the line, above the line, below the line, like a big sort of wave. And what can happen is that anytime we're above the, the curve, we think, oh, I'm, 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 achi- I'm achieving at the moment. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm making, uh, making roads. But then we may be further up the line, but it, we're at a dip point. And then people go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm facing challenge. It's, it's adversity. I'm, I'm failing. But it's like, nope, you're still actually above the bottom left part of the page. 
which is the starting point. It's just this, there's there's going to be lots of ups and downs. It's it's the the wave particle essentially. It's even sound. <laughs> it's it's um there's there's how to how to say this without us going going too crazily deep. But there is no there is no separation between success and challenge. They're two sides of the same coin. It's the yin yang principle. Yeah. Well, I've read a lot of autobiographies and biographies of very successful and well-known people and without a doubt in every single story they have had major setbacks major challenges and they've had to deal with them and learn from them and move on there's not one single person that people would know well-known people that from the outside they go wow that that, that person is super successful. Oh, yeah. Like, well, you go back and have a look at their life story and they've had to deal with major setbacks. There's just, there's just not one person that, has, that just sails through life with no issues. Oh, um, it's n- never true words spoken. Never true words spoken. For, for every success and accomplishment someone experiences or has experienced, um, they would have been through setbacks and adversity. Even I, Justin, I'm, I'm sure you can even think of your own accomplishments in life or I, I, I reflect to mine or, or the listeners. If you consider, consider one particular thing that you've accomplished in life that you're really proud of and that you have a great sense of, accomplishments, of accomplishment about. Now, have a look at what were some of the challenges you had to go through to get there. Without a question, there was some bumpy terrain to go through. Even to build a, a, a good physique, to be in great shape, the, some of the challenges and the sacrifices are, well, think about every workout, you're breaking muscles so they can rebuild stronger. You're having to, uh, you're spending more money to, to eat healthy, to have the supplements, to pay the gym fees. You're sacrificing going out and, and drinking and getting, getting pissed with the mates on the weekends. So there are sacrifices and challenges to be overcome in whatever area of life we're seeking to achieve great results. To think that anybody's done it without challenge or, or going through adversity, it's, it's a complete misconception. And this is a, a, a huge one that we're faced with at the moment. There is no question about that because there is a ton of uncertainty, but we are in control of what we choose to do about it. Well, speaking of being in control about what you can do about it, I think you've uh, been proactive yourself and you're trying to help people out there get through this period of time. And I think you've opened up your uh, a private group or you've created a, a new group to, to help people out there that maybe need some guidance or just want to be involved in a discussion about techniques and ideas for not just surviving, but thriving uh, during this crisis and, and after it. Yeah, I, I actually just, it was only a couple, I think two days ago, I just started a group and because I was thinking about what is the biggest need, what is the biggest gap in the marketplace at the moment that could add the most amount of value, and it's on the topic of leadership, that extraordinary times requires extraordinary leadership. And it's not just leadership in the sense of uh, telling people what to do and how to do it and that sort of thing. No, it's, it's leading ourselves. Leading ourselves in terms of our emotions, our mental state, our clarity, our focus, 
leading ourselves within the relationship so that we're still contributing and, and, and being a, a beneficial influence within the relationship arena with our, with our partner, with our children, with our families, leading ourselves in the business. So how are we, how are we still being a, a force of influence and, and inspiration to our, our stakeholders, our clients, our customers, to our teams, to the community, to our neighbors? At, the, at this point in time, leadership has never been, never been needed more so. And the greatest leadership is about inspiring yourself because then your inspiration and your level of enthusiasm becomes contagious to other people. So the, yeah, the group I've created is called Ultimate Leadership and it's about ex- inspiring the extraordinary in yourself and others during times of adversity. So people can jump on to Facebook and apply to join that group or is it just an open group? Uh, I can open it up. I think I created a, a private group. But yeah, I'll, I'll open it up after we hop off this call and I'll, I'll make it open. So if someone just searches for Ultimate Leadership, then uh, by Byron Saka, you'll see it. And um, yeah, join. There's a video in there currently that I uploaded just yesterday and it deals with the three major challenges that we're faced as business leaders in the current climate, where it's there's the, the three main that, that keep coming up time and time again is the first one is the, the fear of losing income or the challenges of, of income going down, um, the challenge of, of still being able to take care of our family and the people around us. And the third one is mentally, how do we cope with all the added pressure, um, with emotional volatility or or confusion, stress, overwhelm. So there's a video right now that I've just put there, which is goes for 15 minutes, and it talks about the nine key strategies we can adopt to deal with those three major challenges. And there's there's going to be lots of goodies that I'm putting in there every day. It's just a free resource to just add value to people. Yeah, well, you're a great guy to talk to and to give guidance on and practical tips about how to get through these things, and not, and not just this particular issue, but more generally. Uh, it's uh, advice and principles that can guide you through everything in your life. So I'd encourage people to get on there, be proactive, take control, control the controllables, Hmm. and stay focused on their big picture vision. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and it's it's been a pleasure to to join you, Justin. And and what I want to just remind people is that life will go on beyond this adversity. So it's there's an expression that at the moment people are looking for the for the um, life raft, a life raft because a lot of people are bleeding. But just remember that that you get the life raft if you're if you're proactive and you take the necessary steps. You you not only find that you'll then get to a position where you're set up to still go for that yacht, to still still pursue the greatest success in the different areas of life. So maintain the focus on the long term because this this time will pass. It always does. We as a, as a human species, we're constantly evolving. And, and out of this current situation, there's so much new uh, knowledge being learned, um, opportunities that are being created, innovative technologies, uh, medicines, um, all sorts of, all sorts of uh, learnings and, and developments are, are currently underway. So it's, it'll be very interesting and, and exciting to see what comes out of this. And for people that aren't on Facebook or just don't want to get on the group, what's your website address for your coaching side of your business? Yeah, it's www.byronsaka.com. So B-Y-R-O-N-S-A-K-H-A.com. And there's, there's a few resources on there as well. Um, 
And if yeah, anybody wants to get in touch, then I'm, I'm, I'm offering a complimentary strategy session. Just have a look at what their current situation is, uh, what may be working, what may not be working. And then we can have a, have a look at what are some opportunities that you can um, t- take control of at the moment so that you can still keep growing. Because it's, it's not about just surviving these times. It's about, yes, surviving, but also how to still prepare ourselves and be planned and, and um, organized so that we're set up to thrive as well beyond this period. All right, very good. Well, Byron, great to have you back on the show. Been good to talk and hopefully we can talk again in uh, a little while or another year and things have turned around and people are on their way to becoming very successful uh, real, uh, property developers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Justin, a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show again. And everybody listening, I wish you all the best. Um, You've got this. So hang in there and you will get through this storm. All right, Byron. Good to talk. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Justin. You've been listening to the Property Developer Podcast. Tune in next time for more tips, ideas, and inspiration to take your developing to the next level. For more developing love, make sure to visit propertydeveloperpodcast.com.